Good morning. Welcome to Fashion Friday. Talking today about social media. I love talking about this these days. Social media, how it's a huge part of our lives. Of course, uh, what's going on with brands and how it's affecting the fashion world, specifically Instagram. Let's talk Instagram. So never, ever, ever did I thought I would see the day when I shop off of a social media platform, and I do. (laughs) I think a lot of people do, clearly. So um, have you heard about this whole thing about Instagram hiding the likes? So them getting rid of where you can see how many likes a a post has. Yes, I guess not. Okay, so I didn't know there was a thing you could see the likes. Yeah, just like on. uh, So what is it on on Twitter? Like one of them, it's favorites on Facebook. What is it? uh, Isn't it like thumb up? Oh, I see. Yeah, I think it's a thumb up. I don't remember. Um, but it's basically like, so thumbs up or favorites or on Instagram, it's a heart. You just hit it and that's a like. You hit the heart. Mm. So Instagram has talked about this. They're already doing it. Currently you, uh, doing it in uh, Canada, Brazil, Japan, and a few other countries. And I am totally for this. I absolutely think. So basically you, the user, can see your own, of course. But everyone else can't. So, um, but you would have to, so you look at a post, normally it would say 450 likes. Now it will, you, it will still show the likes, but you'd have to click on the, click on it somewhere and, and see all of the actual people that liked your photo. So then you'd actually have to count if you wanted to. It doesn't have a number attached to it. So Mm. you, if you wanted to, you know, you'd have to count how many people, if you wanted to see how many likes someone had in a post you as the user on your end you will still be able to see it i believe that's the way it works but i like every- this i think i agree with you yeah because it sounds to me it's gonna be more natural it's gonna be more natural um it's going to force people to focus on content mm-hmm. and and allow you to be a little bit more creative uh now again you may say well it depends on what you use instagram for so some people businesses clearly use it now for advertising um, then there's the bloggers and influencers like myself who use it to advertise myself, but also use it. I like to be creative. I like taking photos. I'm an amateur, amateur photographer. Don't really know what I'm doing, but I think I have a decent eye for composition. I like playing around a little bit with filters um, and not to change the photo, just to enhance it and make it sort of make it seamless on my feed. I think that's part of what you should do. Um, Some people don't agree, but I kind of like when you look at my overall feed, it has a nice feeling. There's some continuity and you can either you like it or you don't. You follow me or you don't. You have the choice, but I personally like it. So um, the question is though, here's the other thing. I like that it won't be so focused on, oh, she ha- he or she has 300 likes on this photo because people basically are buying likes and followers. So that has been part of the problem in this. So to keep it a little bit more authentic, we'll hide it. So downside of it is what will happen with brands. I think it will force them to stop paying influencers and, and, and pay more for advertising. So they're using these influencers because, oh, well, she has X amount of followers and she gets X amount of likes. Mm -hmm. Now I think it will force brands to say it's more about um, uh, more about the interaction. So um, I think it's it's got to be more about that. I mean, think about it. It's kind of it's like I said, it's how we shop. I think social media is often a lot how we get our news. 
um, or at least some of the news, how we communicate, how we obviously how people advertise. Um, so I think that um, you know this is a good idea. I think, and and I'm on the end where I've been the influencer that's been hired by a brand that's been paid to post something, and I'm still I still agree with it. I just think because the people that are authentic and the people that don't buy the likes and really work on their content and interaction with uh, an engagement and reach, those are the ones that will still do well. So um, that's my thought on it. But, you know, like I said, it will focus – the focus will be on content, not the number of likes, and brands care more about reach and engagement anyway. So – Interesting. I also think it'll help this younger generation. I often think about this and how I don't know how it would be if I were, you know, young a kid in elementary school because it's so so different, much harder, I think. Maybe they don't think it's hard because this is all they know. I, I don't know, but I just think about that gosh, there was there were no cell phones, there was no social media. I just think it's more complicated. And maybe people said that when I was, you know, people of older generation said that when I was in school, but it just seems like it's a huge difference, you know, of kids constantly like looking for validation. Well, I, she has more followers than I do. I have more likes than you do. I remember my nephews years ago when they first, Instagram kind of first became really popular and they were younger. And that was the first thing I said, are, are you following me? Are you following me? And I said, no, but I will. I need to get to this number, you know, whatever it was. I need to get to 5,000 or whatever. My friend is at eight. And it was just like this strong influence on, you know, on this and strong stress on the amount of followers and likes they had. And I thought, wow, this is really, <laughs> I mean, it's the same as like, the popularity contest that happens in high school. That's going to happen regardless, I think. Um, but there was no number put to it then. Exactly. Now there's a quali- quantitative thing that yes. uh, you can yeah. really look at. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think that we should take away the number. And, um, you know, I think it'll help everybody all the way around. Um, brands are going to continue to advertise, obviously, regardless. I think this was smart. I mean, it's already moved to primarily brands advertising, at least on Instagram. I'm sure Facebook, too. But it's really, you know, changed since it first started, since I first, you know, signed on and made an account. Gosh, but when was that? That's it's been a while now. Now they think about it, it's definitely changed. Um, and so, interesting. I also heard a report the other day about I don't know how they found this data, but uh, there were top celebrities that had a lot of fake accounts, so they had a lot of bought followers, and they were all different, you know, reality stars and uh, singers and entertainers. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. I wouldn't, you know, the people that have five million followers. Because you could believe that, you know, let's say it's Katy Perry. She wasn't on the list, but let's say it was her. I could believe she has 5 million followers. She's Katy Perry. Yeah. But apparently there were a bunch of them that have, you know, fake bought. Now, it's not saying they did it. It could have been someone managing their accounts or it could have been, you know, some mishap or whatever. But interesting enough. So, yeah, you can't. I, I agree with this. I don't like cheating the system. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And here's the thing. Uh, you can sort of see when someone has fake followers. I don't know if you can tell when someone has fake likes. I guess you could, but definitely fake followers. Um, you can. There's e- really easy ways to see it, and then I'm sure there's more of a met, some sort of a metric way to see it for brands. So they know anyway. Why I'm not sure why do it. You know, if someone weighs, if someone has, 
52,000 followers and they have a photo, fo- they post something and it gets 10 likes. Okay, well, that's obviously they have fake followers. You know, oh, you, if they right. have 50,000, what are the chances? Even, it's not even 10%. You know, you know you're not going to get 50,000 likes, but you're not going to, you're going to get more than 10, mm-hmm. you know? Or if you get two comments, you know, and you've got 100,000 followers, well, that's probably fake followers. Yeah. So that's an easy way. There's a couple other ways to know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. And uh, like I said, they're testing it out in other countries. I hope that that happens changing the way we're shopping again (laughs) and the way we're communicating really all right so let's get into some fall trends i wanted to talk a little bit about fall 2019 trends and basically how to translate them not just tell you the trend but really how to um wear it and i kind of listed just a couple here and some pros and cons um so first of all here's and this also ties in with transitional dressing which i recently talked about um number one capes so we saw a lot of this on the runway we see this kind of come in and out every other year i think a cape is here's the pros great alternative to a trench coat or a denim jacket or a lightweight jacket it's a little different kind of gives you that superhero feel it's flowy it's oversized it kind of goes on over anything and it's easy to wear whether it snaps or just goes over your head like a poncho or it wraps around you or has a buckle or has arm slits for your for your arms it's easy on and easy off the cons I think this is tricky to wear. I think that it's all about proportion. There are some that are longer, you know, hit at the waist. There are some that are cropped, more like a capelet. And I think you've got to pay attention to your body structure, so your proportions. You could easily get swallowed up in a big cape. I don't wear capes because I'm 5'2". Granted, I know I always wear big heels, but I, they tend to just look too much fabric on me. I'm a, I have a smaller frame, so um, but I love the thought of a cape. Believe me, love the idea of like little red riding hood, you know. Um, but it doesn't work for me, so that's why they call her little red riding hood. Yes, it's not big red riding hood. No, and so, she and was, she wears a cape. She wore a cape, yes. <laughs> so I think you've got to be careful. Um, also, the fabric and the weight of it, and I think. Um, it's limited to where you can wear it. It's a bit restricted. So you've got to think about that. You know, you, you're probably not going to wear it somewhere where you need to move your arms around too much. You know, you're in a cape. So I think those are some, some cons, I'm going to call them. You've got a little bit more challenging to wear. Um, at the other end of the spectrum, uh, I'm suggesting a trench coat or something more traditional jacket, something where it could be lightweight, it could be heavier. Um, denim jackets, now we're seeing a lot more than them, a lot more of them that have a liner, that have like a fleecy interior, um, that have a zip out lining, that have a, I saw one with like a buffalo plaid check on the inside, so it's flannel on the inside. They're making a denim jackets more than just a thin denim jacket, so I like this trend, by the way. Um, I saw one that had faux fur on the inside. It was denim on the outside. I thought, oh, it's right up my alley. I am on the hunt for that one, by the way. So a couple of ideas, um, you know, to give you for that uh, moving into the to the fall season and looking for some sort of coat. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about translating these fall 2019 trends on Fashion Friday on 1490 WGCH. Fashion Friday with Tina is brought to you by AdCorp Media Group, a full-service local advertising agency that offers a range of marketing, web, 
social media, and design services for local business owners. At AdCorp, they take your business personally because they know that you do. By learning everything there is to know about how to run your business, the value of your products and services, and who your target is, they'll create a personalized business plan to communicate your message to your audience. They offer logo and branding development, digital and web design, social media management, and more. Are you ready to grow your business? Call AdCorp Media Group now at 1-877-323-2677 or visit them at adcorpmg.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally, as personally as you do. Welcome back to Fashion Friday. We're talking fall trends, 2019 fall trends, and how to sort of translate them, how to wear. I'm listing a couple of my favorites and some pros and cons, and it's really getting ready, getting you ready for the cooler months. Um, it talked about capes and jackets. And so here's something a little bit different. Asymmetrical necklines. So this is a little bit, um, this is more about tops or dresses. Um, so last year, it was all about the off-the-shoulder trend. And remember, we talked about the cold shoulder trend. That was when part of your upper arm was exposed. Um, so this year, it's all about an asymmetrical uh, neckline. So maybe something is one-sleeved, and then it kind of cuts across on a diagonal across your collarbone. Maybe it's sleeveless, but it's still kind of asymmetrical up top. So asymmetrical neckline, I think this is fantastic pros are it highlights your collarbone this is something when i'm styling women i've never in all my years of styling i've never heard someone say i don't like my collarbone even if it's not pronounced i mean some women it's very pronounced and some women it's not i've never heard someone say that that's the one body part that people i i've heard shoulders i've heard neck they don't like their neck i've obviously i've heard every other body part but in that area, if we're talking upper body, I've never, you know, if I put some someone in something that's off the shoulders, they almost will never complain so, or say, no, I don't like my collarbone. So, you know, m- like I said, more pronounced for some and others, but I think that's, you know, neither here nor there. So um, do they ever not sit right on your body, though? Or is there ever a complaint about that where one shoulder is supposed to be revealed and not the other and it and you try to pull it back to get them balanced, and, and that's not balanced for the rest of it? And- well, and that would depend on the piece of clothing. Yes, that could happen. So if it was like a slouchy sweatshirt or sweater, mm. yeah, I could see that happening, but not necessarily. Okay. So I have a sweater that is off the shoulder, so it's on one shoulder, off the other. But the way the – it's like a band around it. It has a little bit of elasticity, so it stays in place. Okay. It doesn't slide. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm thinking of another sleeveless shirt that I have that's more of a summer shirt. It's sleeveless, so it just comes up and just has like – instead of a V-neck, it's just a cr- asymmetrical from one shoulder to the, basically the other armpit. I gotcha. So, yeah, that stays in place. Yeah, that would. So, um, so yeah, that's what asymmetrical is. It's really just not a scoop neck. Not It's not even. It's higher on one side than the other. And it could be off the shoulder or not, mm. depending on whether it's got sleeves or not. So, I mean, here's the thing. It adds a bit of whimsy to your wardrobe. It's something different. 
Um, a lot of the asymmetrical pieces that I've seen on the runway were very, very feminine. So very like floral with ruffles and fluffy. Um, so this is something nice to mix in with something a little more tough, quote unquote, um, like combat boots or ripped jeans. Um, it, it, it's also something that looks very ethereal. So you can kind of mix it in with, with um, different, a different style. Um, I like it. The cons? I would say really not much. Not It's probably a trend that's not really for winter, the cold, cold days of winter. Um, again, if it's a sweater, like I'm thinking of the sweater that I own, I probably and when it's super cold, no, I probably don't wear it because it is a little bit more exposed. So, and, and one thing that for me personally, when I'm cold, immediately I want to cover my shoulders and that always helps. Um, so the other thing is it could be tricky styling it. It's not, uh, and the other thing is, it's not for, I wouldn't say it's for office appropriate. So probably not. You know, maybe if you if it were just like a shell under a suit and you kind of had your suit jacket on and it was just that you just saw the asymmetrical, maybe. Mm. Um, but I think it's a little bit trickier to style. So, so limited wear, kind of like the cape. <laughs> it's limited wear. Um, but a good piece to incorporate into your wardrobe if you want to try something different. And um, I'm a fan of it. I like I said, I don't have a lot, but I do have some things. And again, this is it could be something a baggier cut, like a sweater or sweatshirt, or it could be more of a fitted whatever fitted blouse, fitted top, and it could have sleeves, no sleeves. It really is just about the neckline um, and something different. One thing I've been asked, I just thought of this. Um, I've been asked about accessories like as in necklaces when you're wearing an asymmetrical top and I will say of course it depends on the fabric what you're wearing um I just thought of a a, I have a black evening dress that is asymmetrical and it's evening so I probably would just wear a really beautiful pair of statement earrings but a big pair of statement earrings. Um, no, I wouldn't do too much around the neck. I think it gets to be too confusing, you know, a, a lines going different places. And I don't know. I But I've seen people do it. I don't know. I think it's a personal preference. I think it can get too congested um, and uh, look too busy. So I probably would stay away from that. And, you know, you could accessorize many other ways, maybe something in your hair. All right, another trend for fall is, I'm calling this one mad for plaid because I'm mad for plaid. So we've talked about plaid before here on the show. Um, and it's plaid, is, it's, a, it's a broad term in this case because it could be anything really um, from a shoe to a handbag to a dress to a suit to pants to anything um, to just accessories. Uh, Burberry obviously comes to mind. It's that classic Burberry plaid. And Okay, pros. Here's what I love about plaid. They're really, I was thinking about this. So plaid is the fabric. Plaid is the pattern. And then there are different types of plaid within. So that's the umbrella. And then under the umbrella are different types, right? So we have things like tartan plaid, glen plaid, gingham. These are all different types of plaid. Um, So I thought about this, and I, I know I've mentioned this here on the show before, Plaid really can be, depending on which pattern you choose and which colors, you really could interpret it many different ways. So that's why I think it's appealing to a lot of people, men, women, whatever your style is. So it could be more cowboy plaid, right? Like a buffalo plaid. You think red and black, check, you know, cowboy 
more westerny. It could be 90s grunge. You think of uh, Kurt Cobain and you think of that sort of the flannels that he was wearing. They were kind of ripped and it, that whole grunge scene. You could think of, this is what I think of, prep school. <laughs> you know, that's more of a tight, uh, more a neat plaid. Uh, maybe maybe it's a window pane, but maybe it's even a gingham, um, a, a uniform, a, a, you know, a school uniform. You could think of traditional Scottishmen, a tartan plaid, also one of my favorites. That really traditional plaid, um, which is where it started, by the way. I must mention that. Um, Prince of Wales is a type. You know, you could think of all different types of plaid from, from like I said, Western to grunge to New England sort of preppy, you know, country club. And therefore, you can then interpret it, you know, according to your own aesthetic. You like plaid, Bob? Yes, of course. Yeah. I'm Scottish. That's so. right. You're going with the <laughs> Scottish tartan plaid. Yeah. Well, I, no, I do like the variations, and uh, but I'm not trying to be precise about my, right. my, my plaid. And if I look at my own um, uh, not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not plaid. Um, well, at any rate, the, the proper pattern, it, it has to be green. It has with, to be green? With, with some yellow threads and uh, oh. some black in it. Um, Interesting. Other families, um, they're tartan. That's the word I want. Yep. Is, uh, could be red, but only it's only supposed to be red with blacks and yellows and greens in it. Right. So you are picky with the actual prints of the plaid or the more the colors? Well, if I wanted to be precise about which tartan, then I would. But I love the idea of a purple with black design plaid. Oh. I, I think those look fantastic. Yeah, yeah, okay. But you're not uh, – uh, you're, you're maybe opposed to – you're not like the gingham type of guy or the houndstooth. You're the tartan plaid guy, Yep. That's your favorite. Let's say to wear. To wear. To, uh, well, oh, I'll try a little bit of anything. What do you have that's plaid? Let's talk about that. <laughs> I, I have a, a couple of different uh, flannel shirts, I okay. guess, really. Yeah. And a tie that oh. happens to be my actual tartan. Oh. It's the only thing I have that's really tartan to my family. And, oh, so let's talk about that because I find that very interesting. So oh. when I was in Scotland, I understand. Uh, so do you know your clan? Is there a tartan? There's yes. There's a tartan with t- – that- oh. Yeah. Oh. My, my, I'm part of the Murray clan. Ah. And each clan has its own yes. tartan, yes. correct? Yes. Actually, quite often they'll have a dress tartan and a regular wear tartan. Oh. They'll be slightly – one, the dress will be a little fancier. Okay, the actual prints will be fancier, or the yeah, fabric. Yeah, well, it could be both, but okay. the, we're talking really the design of the tartan. Okay. So uh, f- for dress, it'll have maybe a, a little extra yellow stripe in there. Okay. Whereas it's it's just maybe just green and black for the regular day tartan. Right, right, okay. Yet they'll be similar. They'll be related. You can see that they're related. Right, and it'll, and interesting. So did you know this growing up, or did you find this out later in life? No, I knew it pretty young. I yeah. mean, I strange learned it in a strange place. I can remember remember the inserts in the Sunday paper called Parade. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was one every year that would have a, a story about Scottish tartans, and it would talk about it would have a list of all the different names and so yep. pictures of the tartans, and I I learned a lot from that. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think. Um, 
first of all, just learning that each clan has their own tartan, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I've always been into like a family crest and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. And I know when I was in Scotland a few months ago, I saw probably every, it seemed like, every possible color combination, <laughs> which, but I never got sick of it. I really, I have to say, because they were all so interesting. You know, some of the darker ones were really cool that would have a bright color going through them. Yep. Some of the lighter ones, some, then there were the really traditional red tartan plaid that's probably the most common probably. that everyone sees. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really, really cool stuff. Um, so, all right. But again, this is what I love about it. I don't think there's any cons about plaid. Um, you know, it can go back to, and then think about the '60s, sort of plaid suiting, you know, or se- early '70s, sort of that a uh, little bit more with more of. I guess that was more about color. So I'm thinking like that mustard yellow and different color plaids, you know, very mod style uh, oh, yeah. plaids. Very so experimental. Yeah, so you really could play with that. Um, you really could have fun with that, You, it, depending on what you like and where you want to go with it, which direction. And then style, styling it, again, if you're going to do it, I always say one piece because it's a, it is a print, especially if you go, you know, a bright plaid. Um, but one, even if it's a darker, more muted color plaid, I think one piece is just enough. You know, and then play with some of the colors that are in the plaid. I think is is nice. I like I like when guys take risks, and I like when there's the tie. Of course, is always a little safer choice. But I like when they if they do like a scarf or a jacket that's plaid. I think mm. that's a little bit you know more forgot. It's I feel like that's more a, a female thing. I feel like not a lot of guys. They'll go with a safe, you know, dark colored jacket and maybe just the tie. But I like when guys take a risk and do it. I mean, I've seen guys in full suits that are plaid, which are fantastic too. But it's, it's you know, not for everyone. So, um, Well, I can picture those that are in the Scottish Games, for instance, you know, competing in the bagpipe contests yep. or the drumming, drumming contests yep. who have to wear original style tartan you know, uh, kilts and shirts yep. and shoes and stockings and a sporn, the whole thing, the yes. whole nine yards. Oh, yes. I did see when I was traveling abroad, I did see in one of the airports, I think it was when I was going from England to Scotland or maybe the other way around, I did see uh, there were two, fa- I want to say families, I'm pretty sure, two groups of of people and they were all men there were men and boys mm-hmm. there were no women there oh and they were clearly all together because they had there were like two families with two different kilts on and you know then one family had i don't know if it was like red let's say and it was clearly their their plaid mm-hmm. their tartan and then the other family and they were big there were probably you know like 12 or 15 guys and men of uh, guys and boys in each group and they were kind of all and because I, I just kept seeing them oh the, oh yeah he, they're with them i guess you know in the airport and uh yeah they were all wearing maybe kilts. it was a bagpipe band without the bagpipes <laughs> maybe maybe i was trying to you know they had t-shirts on too but the, the t-shirt had, was written in a different language and i couldn't understand oh, it because Gaelic. i was trying to figure that yeah i was trying to figure it out uh, but very interesting. So my vote for plaid is a big thumbs up. Um, I love it. I think it's great. And I think you could pair it with, like I said, even just a T-shirt, a ja- plaid jacket, and a pair of jeans looks fantastic. All right. So, um, oh, I forgot to mention one more is modern romance. This ties in with everything else we've been talking about. This is more roughly kind of lots of bows and stuff. A um, uh, little bit of a contemporary twist. So more puffy sleeves. 
uh, cons for this one, I would say it's really pretty and light. Uh, oh, sorry, pros for that one. Cons, difficult to wear as well. So that'll do it. The, that's my wrap-up of a couple of fall trends and how to translate it. More to come, so you don't want to miss that. And uh, don't forget to follow me on Instagram. It's Wardrobe MB. Thanks for listening. Join me next week on 1490 WGCH.